Hey, sports fans, this is Louisiana Raging Cajun head basketball coach Bob Marlin, and you're listening to Acadiana's best sports leader, ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Great Scott Show, the great sports callers open think tank. Whew. Good morning, everybody. How are how are we on this Monday? Holiday week. Be safe out there. Hope you're all feeling well. COVID going around. Rage Occasion Head Football Coach Billy Napier tested uh, positive. On Saturday, we will uh, visit with him in about 15 minutes, see how he's feeling, what's going to be the protocol this week as he uh, tries to coach from afar. Got to be tough to be in isolation any time, especially Thanksgiving week, man. Game week, Thanksgiving week, the works. But uh, we'll talk to Coach and um, check in on him and talk some Cajun football as they moved up in both polls. Coastal somehow moved down in one of them. Okay. LSU got a win. And the New Orleans Saints in first place in the NFC. Yesterday's win with the Falcons combined with Green Bay's overtime loss to Indy put the Saints in sole control of the NFC. They have won seven games in a row since their loss to Green Bay. They have finished the last two without Drew Brees. Now they'll play three straight road games, but they're against Denver, Atlanta, and Philly. Defense travels. By the way, the Saints D has allowed one touchdown in the last three games. One. And in the last three games, they have procured 14 sacks, 28 tackles for loss, six interceptions, two fumble recoveries, and a turnover on downs. Yeah. Yeah. So, sure. Taysom Hill, that's the focus from so many. I get it. Plenty of hyperbole surrounding Taysom. He had his moments yesterday. There were some things he did well. Some things he needs to work on. It's only one game of film, among other things. We'll dig into that. But, guys, the thing that you should be excited about if you're a Saints fan, the thing that is a sign that this team can contend, because even when they had some wins early in this seven-game winning streak, early on when they were you know, beating Detroit and the Chargers in overtime and the Panthers by three and, and the Bears by three, you looked at it and you said, you know, they're winning games, but they're not – they're, the way they're playing right now is not good enough to to get to a Super Bowl. It's just not. Even at that moment when they were five and two, 
defense has to come along. They have to improve. They have to play up to a caliber that many expected them to play before the season. When you looked at this team on paper, when you looked at that defensive line, when you looked at this, well, guess what? Right now, the defense is playing like that. Quan Alexander, what a pickup. For a fifth-round pick and shipping off Kiko Alonso, who wasn't going to play anyway? You got that guy? Let me tell you something. Mickey Loomis, that was a... That was highway robbery right there. I don't know how he pulled that off. Sheesh. And now, with this defense, the way it's playing, I mean, no Marshawn Lattimore yesterday, and they were still, it didn't matter. And yes, the pressure was great, and they sacked Matt Ryan eight times, but how many of those eight were coverage sacks where you'd hear Daryl Johnson, boy, Matt Ryan's holding on to the ball a little, a little too long here. I mean, I love to dog on Matt Ryan. I mean, it's... It's Matt Ryan. It's the Falcons. I mean, they're pathetic. They talked a whole lot of noise. How? Uh, Roddy White. My goodness. Everyone's laughing at Roddy White, and I am too. And Sean Payton being funny and petty and retweeting Roddy White. See, White, the former Falcon and Saints hater, who 100% gets the rivalry, which I appreciate, Tweeted out on Saturday, Saints about to get whip trying us with Taysom Hill at QB. We about to snack them. Snack, okay. He also tweeted shortly thereafter, it's Saints week, so I will be talking, can't say that word, all week after we beat y'all on Sunday. Also, y'all got us messed up if y'all think y'all going to beat us with an option QB. Man can't play no quarterback. So a couple things here. Number one, Sean Payton uh, retweeted one of those from Roddy White right after the game yesterday, which is hilarious, which is just hilarious. Number two, Roddy has not uh, gotten back on Twitter since early in yesterday's game. Tweeted a few times early in the game and then just bounced. Can't handle the heat. Not a surprise. Guy likes to talk a lot, but can't take it. Can't take it. When it's time to get his, he can't take it. He vanishes. Like a Falcons leading a Super Bowl, just disappears. But to me, the funniest thing in all of this is that he tweeted the day before the game It's Saints week, so I will be talking all week. Bro, it's Saturday. It's the end of the week. The game is tomorrow. What do you mean? Where have you been all week? Hey, just a reminder, y'all, I'm going to be talking. Did he think think they were both on bye and that the game was like on Thanksgiving? What? Jeez. It's 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 always a beautiful day when the Saints beat the Falcons. And they'll be in Atlanta in 13 days. Hopefully going for win number 10. They've got some work to do, though. They've got some work to do. As does Taysom. Okay? Now, many figure going into that game, he's going to have to run to be able to pass. Have to. Um, He... He didn't look terrible throwing the ball. I mean, ironically, his worst throw was a, 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 a what, a 58-yard catch 
and his best throw was a drop. So if you watch the game, you can get a little bit more insight and if you just look at a stat sheet. But the offense looked very different. You saw some installs you typically don't see. Um, you know, look, Breeze, Breeze still has arm strength to get the job done, but the deep passes, yeah, everyone knows that's not new. But New Orleans doesn't dial up a ton of deep shots for him. That mentality was a bit diff- different. Okay, you're going to play the quarterback to try to stop the run. You're going to have a single high deep safety look. Let's get the ball down the field. There were a lot of one-on-one matchups. And the the hill past the Sanders, they got nullified by a holding penalty, which was a hold by McCoy. Was you know that's something that, that's a play you probably don't call with Breeze. Probably don't call with it. I mean, you haven't had uh, plays like that in a long time. Maybe since Brandon Cooks was in a Saints uni. Who does he play for now? The Texans, who beat the Pats yesterday, by the way. Uh, Michael Thomas had a rare drop. Said afterwards, man, he. Dude throws a fastball. But Hill, he sat in the pocket a good bit and ran the offense. Now, some might say, hey, he can run a little bit more. I don't know. He didn't do – he used play action on less than half of his snaps. But but a lot more than Breeze, I think. I'd have to go back and look at all the numbers. It certainly felt that way. Seemed like he got better as the game went on, and luckily for him, the Saints defense was stout, so it wasn't like he was playing, you know, from a big deficit at any point in time. And you saw some new things, some wrinkles. Kamara, you know, had a, a direct snap out of the Wildcat. Adam Troutman was playing some fullback. Deontay Harris on that little um, end around out of the backfield reverse. Yeah, it was good. It was good. But the defense is what you should be even more excited about. Quan Alexander, my goodness. His coverage ability, guys. Put him out in single coverage. And he was getting the job done. Tremendous stuff. Tremendous stuff. Good bit of blitzing yesterday. It worked. Eight sacks overall. Three of them came from a four-man rush. Best game of the season for the defensive front. Matt Ryan could do nothing except lose and say, oh, man, shucks. A lot more coming up this morning on the Saints win over the Falcons. You will hear Taysom Hill's post-game press conference. Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Cam Jordan, and DeMario Davis did a twofer. Trey Hendrickson, who is tied for the NFL lead in sacks. That's wild, man. That's wild. I'm going to talk some college football, too. Louisiana's Raging Cajuns were scheduled to play Saturday against Central Arkansas, but that game was canceled, uh, I guess, Wednesday morning of last week. And some COVID-19 tracing. Turns out Billy Napier tested positive after having some symptoms, testing negative a couple times. How's he feeling? He's in isolation right now. What are his symptoms like? How's he feeling? What's the game plan this week? What's the protocol for coaching from afar? Let's find out. Let's just ask him. 
Let's talk to him next. Rage Cajun head football coach Billy Napier joins me right after this. It's ESPN1420.com. It's the Great Scott Show. Don't go anywhere. Put your hands in the air if you go high. Now put your drinks go, in the air. Go, go. If you go high. Go, 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 go. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. And uh, joining us now, as he does every Monday morning during football season, Louisiana Ragin' Cajun head football coach Billy Napier, who's uh, joining us in, in isolation from somewhere, Coach. Uh, we found out on uh, on Saturday that you tested positive for COVID-19. So right out the gate, how are you, how are you feeling, Coach? No, I'm doing much better, you know. Um, I'm really thankful to the doctors and the medical staff, certainly our athletic trainer, Pat Richardson, all the people uh, that kind of helped me get up and running here. I uh, had, you know, probably a day and a half there where it was pretty rough, and then, uh, but I'm feeling much better and, uh, you know, going to work remotely this week and, um, you know, try to do our best to navigate through this. Um, so you, you, you started kind of feeling bad last week, but a couple of negative tests and then finally a tested positive is, is that my understanding? Yeah, I think really minor, uh, symptoms, you know, things that you would get this time of year when the weather changes, sure. um, but continue to test negative. So, you know, just kept plugging right along. And then obviously it got Thursday night, Friday AM, you know, obviously it was, was pretty bad so that's when i got the next round of testing and was positive so uh but in general you know i think this is a it's a unique time and uh certainly kind of an invisible enemy to some degree so what did you learn anything new personally through this about the virus well i i think as a whole you know just our entire organization i think that um you know, I think that the social opportunities that came with Halloween, that came with homecoming, uh, there's no question the traffic that maybe we had in town, not to mention uh, the the local increase of, you know, positive tests in the state, those types of things. You know, that's reality, and it definitely got inside of our organization and has affected us. So it's real. Um, I do think... You know, the young people, obviously, it's it's not as significant in terms of the, you know, maybe the symptoms that they do have compared to maybe the adults. So uh, I think we just got to continue to be smart and uh, make really good decisions as a whole uh, to take care of those people that maybe are at risk or are elderly um, and don't have the immune system to, to battle this thing. Uh, Coach Rage Occasion, head coach Billy Napier is our guest, ESPN1420.com. So you mentioned now coaching um, in isolation. So wh- how to, what's the setup there? Because I know the team returned to practice. Those that were able and had not tested positive returned to practice uh, and, and weren't in contact tracing on Saturday. So what what's your role now as you try to get ready for ULM, but you're not there in person? Well, we'll just, we'll go backwards a little bit, you know, in terms of how we operate, you know, we'll go back into, you know, some uh, virtual staff meetings, um, certainly virtual team meetings with the team, 
I had a team meeting yesterday with the team prior to the special teams meeting, you know, just to kind of review a few things, make sure we're all on the same page in terms of the plan going forward. And then, you know, we'll do the same thing with the staff the rest of the week. Um, the good thing here is we've crossed this bridge before in the past. We know how to do it. Um, we've been able to get set up pretty quick. Um, so where I'm isolating, I've got a great video set up and a great, you know, virtual meeting set up, and we're going to be able to operate as best as possible given the situation. ESPN 1420.com, Billy Napier, our guest. All right, Coach, so with that um... – the other part of isolation, I imagine, is difficult. You know, it's Thanksgiving week. Um, you know, you and I are, are close to the same age. We both have young children. I know you know how important family is to you. So uh, from a personal standpoint, how difficult is it just being in isolation right now when you're not at work, but when you're not, you're not with your family? No, that's going to be probably the hardest part. Heck, you know, I'm sitting around here. You know, typically I get a couple hours at the house with the crew. Uh, in the evening, and um, you know, not going to get that this week. But did jump on a FaceTime call with them yesterday. I mean, in reality, it's part of this time of the year. You know, this will be a little bit different because you're not going to get to see them in person a couple of times this week. But it's it's the right thing to do, and um, you know, we'll we'll make it work. And and FaceTime will have to suffice this week. But the main thing here is we go we do what's right. Uh, relative to all the people out there, did you uh, did you get to watch any college football on Saturday? Did you follow the Coastal App State game at all? Yeah, we did. Um, you know, our our uh, staff we actually worked. Uh, we brought our players in, uh, ran lift uh, the guys. You know, that was our first day of activity for a week, and uh, brought them in that morning, ran them, lift them. Uh, we actually had a a full padded practice, um, secured a little bit after lunch and then, you know, was able to catch some of that game. So no question that was an important one. All of our guys were watching it and you kind of sets the stage for the conference championship game down the road. So yeah, that, that now, you know, that's in effect, um, set and yet you still got some work to do this week taking on a ULM team, still looking for their first win. Um, you get asked this a lot, Coach, about the challenge of keeping your team kind of focused on the present. And not just is it a, an opponent that hadn't won yet, but everything else kind of, it's Thanksgiving week. Uh, you're not there in person. You're there from afar. You've got some others that aren't available. How challenging is this week for you in getting this team prepared to, to go out and, and be ready to go get a win on Saturday in Monroe? Well, I mean, it's going to be a little bit different. There's no doubt about that. But I, but I do think that if anybody can handle it, it's this staff and this team. You know, my conversations with uh, the leadership amongst our coaches um, and also a lot of individual conversations with players, um, you know, I think what we build up until this point, you know, um, I think can survive, you know, being without a few people. So, I think the big thing here is that we all step up. You know, I think that we've got a lot of people that uh, understand uh, that they do need to step step up. And, you know, practice yesterday was really good based off the conversations I've had uh, in the video that I've watched. So um, I think we're, we're going to be okay. You know, this is a tough group, man, not only physically, but 
this is a tough-minded group that's had a lot of adversity up until this point, and uh, this is just another chapter in the book. What uh, looking ahead to ULM, and I know it's been a tough year for for Matt Viatar and that crew, but I think um, they've had a lot of challenges this year in terms of games cancellations and and the the, the challenges that COVID has brought to it. Uh, what stands out to you about this week's opponent and what you guys are really going to need to focus in on? Well, first of all, you know, every time we've played this group, it's been a down to the last possession of the game, you know. So this is a rivalry game, um, and this is a very well-coached team, regardless of the record. Uh, when you turn the film on, you see fundamentally sound uh, football players. You see uh, guys that play with effort. They play with toughness. Uh, I do think conceptually they've got a real good understanding of what they're doing. Uh, they they plan well and try to position the players for success. Uh, they've had a you know the ball hasn't bounced their way this year. You know if you go really look closely at some of the turn of events during some of these games, um, you know it just hadn't bounced their way. But you know Coach Viator, uh, I've got such respect for him, the type of program that he runs, uh, and I and I promise you he's going to have his team ready to compete. They'll have a good plan. We've got to go to their place. Uh, and certainly, you know, a handful of challenges that will be a little bit different this week. So um, our players are excited about playing. You know, I think we, we uh, work um, year-round, you know, for opportunities to compete. We missed an opportunity to compete last week. Uh, certainly don't take that lightly and uh, excited about playing another game this week. Rage Occasion Ed football coach, Billy Napier, our guest. Do you, a lot can change between now and Saturday. Do you anticipate having the bulkier roster once next Saturday rolls around? Well, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. You know, I think um, still got another series of tests coming here um, and certainly got to get to, you know, get to Saturday. But I do think on Wednesday evening, you know, we'll release uh, a depth chart of the players that are available for the game. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to be working hard to prepare. Um, and certainly we've got a very specific plan for a lot of players uh, that maybe are coming out of contact tracing. And then we've got a handful that are positive, you know, that will be in return to play protocol that may or may not be prepared depending on how their recovery goes. So, um, you know, that we have – it's it's a big jigsaw puzzle, and uh, we're working our way through it now as we speak. Yeah, it sounds like it, Coach. I know a, a lot of moving parts. And um, <laughs> you ever have those moments where technology doesn't quite do what it's supposed to do, and you get way more mad than you should have in the moment because, oh God, <laughs> man, I'm in the middle of this meeting. Like, what's going on? Like, if anything, what you yeah. really need to work this week, working from isolation, is all the technology, right? Yeah, no doubt. We, we've had, for the most part, we've done pretty well. You know, we're still working our way through it. Um, you know, I do think there are challenges that go with it, but we've got some great people that take tremendous pride in their role. Darren Walker, he'll be working overtime this week. You know, uh, Kyle Kaz will be working overtime this week. So, um, you know, I think it's going to test our patience a little bit, but, uh, I think it's important to keep perspective here and do the best we can. Um, but in general, I know we're up for the challenge. Has that been the message to the team and your staff, Coach? Just 
perspective and just, you know what, just roll with the punches? Well, I think, you know, we've got a very motivated uh, team and staff right now. You know, we're um, in position to make history. You know, we're chasing history here at UL. You know, we've got an opportunity, um, you know, to win 11 games again this year. We've got an opportunity to um, finish in the top 25. We've got an opportunity to uh, do some things that have never been done before, you know. Um, So, a conference championship uh, game, you know, a month away. And uh, over the next four weeks, you know, I think it's going to require lots of different people to have lots of different roles, you know, and I think that's exciting um, to to a lot of people. You know, maybe some are going to have to do more than they've been required in the past. So they've got an opportunity to contribute uh, and be a part of this story. You know, we said in the very beginning, you know, that, you know, man, what a story this this can be. And, um, you know, I think we've been through some ups and downs. This is just another one, you know, and I, I do think that it requires a great team uh, and a great culture to, to navigate these things and battle through the adversity. Uh, and, and I think this is just another uh, segment to a special group of people, and uh, we're going to find a way. Rage Occasion head football coach Billy Napier, our guest coach. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're feeling better from a physical standpoint. Um, so the the plan this week is for obviously you to continue to get tested, and then um, once negative, you travel to Monroe, but away from the team. What's what's the thought process in all of that? Well, you got to isolate for ten days, you know. So you track back to your you know first symptoms. Um, you know, my last day of isolation will be Friday. The team will all have already traveled. Uh, so I'll, I'll travel the day of the game. You know, I'll be released from isolation on Saturday game day, uh, and then be there with the team. So, um, you know, it's just a, a matter of, uh, logistically making things happen. You know, we've got a good plan. Um, you know, there's a number of other players that maybe, uh, have different scenarios throughout this week whether they become available yesterday today or two day two days from now so um you know much like you've seen i think heck a lot i think i heard last night the raiders defense yeah. you know didn't even come in the building this week and played this week so <laughs> i mean i think it's uh unprecedented times um you know and that causes us to look at things a little bit different but you know, we're excited. Um, you know, certainly, you know, a lot that goes with all this. And we're, we're so thankful for, you know, some of these people that, you know, their importance of their job um, has been magnified this week. So I know I'm certainly thankful for the doctors and the trainers and all the local health people that helped me and not, not to mention myself, but all the players and uh, staff members that have been involved here. Number 23, Louisiana, taking on ULM at 2 o'clock this Saturday. Pre-game begins at noon right here on the flagship ESPN 1420 and then at 1 on the rest of the Raging Cajun Sports Network via Learfield IMG College. Uh, Coach Billy Napier, our guest. So it's like I, I've, I used to do some color commentary for some UL football games back in the day. When you play at ULM, you just get up that day, get in the car, we drive there, call the game, drive back. 
you're the head coach, so you just you get up, you drive there. Like, what's the what's the listening on the way to Monroe? Like, do you are you able to work? Do you do you just do you talk to the family? Like, would you you put on some CCR? What are you doing on the drive up for game day? CCR sounds good, you know. Um, but no, I, I uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, man. We got a lot of work to do between now and then. But, it's gonna uh, be rocking out. Yeah, I, I like your choice there. Doesn't sound like a bad choice at all. Uh, and I imagine when you get back from that one, you're going to be really excited to see the family. I know that's tough, Coach, and uh, Thanksgiving week. It's got to be um, weird spending a, a Thanksgiving in isolation when you're right there in the city. But um, but with that, what's if Billy Napier's sitting down at Thanksgiving – other than like, what's what's your favorite thing? What's your favorite thing on a on a traditional Thanksgiving menu to eat? Well, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm a traditionalist, man. Turkey dressing, cranberry sauce. Um, you know, got to have a sweet potato in there. You know, you got to have. Uh, man, you know, Allie always is pulling that pulling the tricks out of her bag on Thanksgiving. So, but we're. we're you know, we we oftentimes will have um, ham. Also, you know, she's she's big into that. So, you know, your traditional stuff, man. Much like most homes, um, you know, I think Thanksgiving's um, to me is not necessarily about the meal as much as it's about uh, taking some time to really reflect on what we do have. You know, and I think that you know, no, there's no question. You know, we got a lot to be thankful for. You know, uh, God's been good to us. Um, you know, I think that gives us a little time to look around a little bit, you know, and realize how good we got it. So um, it's it's the best time of the year. You know, Mike Desmo and I were talking about that uh, just a couple of days ago, how Thanksgiving's the best time of the year. Ain't nobody looking around and complaining um, really causes you to, be thankful for what you do have and people being a huge part of that. Um, so I'm thankful for the people that have been put in my life. Thankful to be in Lafayette, Louisiana and, uh, have an opportunity to coach and the staff that we had, the players we have, and certainly Allen and kids. So that's what Thanksgiving's about more than what you eat. Happy Thanksgiving, Billy. And, um, continued recovery glad that you're physically feeling better and uh, good luck coaching from afar this week and uh, preparing for ulm we'll talk to you on game day i'm sure we'll talk to you a little bit on zoom this week with the rest of the media but we always appreciate you taking time to join us for a one-on-one on mondays and look forward to uh, chatting with you again next monday my friend in the meantime stay well and uh, happy thanksgiving all right scott thank you man you got I'll it. see you around all right all the best Coach Billy Napier seems to be in pretty good spirits hearing him discuss how he was feeling. He said, you know, just kind of started having the symptoms a little last week, kept testing negative, and then he said, boy, once Thursday and Friday rolled around, he was he was struggling. It was tough and uh, got a, an antigen test, tested positive, but uh, from a, a physical standpoint, feeling much, much better uh, today. And he'll coach from afar this week. Uh, through the great power of technology and we'll uh, travel up to Monroe separate from the team. He'll just leave on game day and uh, drive on up. Said he might listen to a little CCR, but we'll see. Wouldn't give specifics about 
who may or may not be available because I think they're just waiting to see another round of testing and then 10 days from your first uh, symptom showing, things like that. So I I don't I, – even with a depth chart on Wednesday, I guess we'll have a, a decent idea of who's going to play, but there could be some changes to that made on actual game day. We'll, uh, we'll see about that as well. Louisiana taking on ULM this Saturday at 2. Bob Marlin and the Rage of Cajun basketball team is set to tip off their season this Saturday at the Cajun Home against Loyola. We still don't have a tip time yet for that one. Uh, athletic director Dr. Brian Magger told me last Friday on the show that, um, you know, ideally when they have some say in it, that they, they like to, and, and, and they usually do have say unless the game is on, you know, uh, ESPN Plus is one thing, but if it's on another TV network where they, they don't get to dictate the time, uh, ESPN Plus, they usually get to dictate the time. So I would imagine probably a 6 or 7 o'clock tip if I had to guess, maybe a 7. We will see, though. Uh, as Coach Napier likes to say, kind of cross that bridge when we get to it. But this year, Rage Cajun men's basketball will be airing on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. So men's hoops not on Hot 107.9 this year. It'll be on 96.5 KPEL with, uh, you know, when, when it doesn't overlap with the women's game, it'll typically be a simulcast on 1420 as well. 37 after the hour, you're listening to the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. Going to talk much more coming up. Open up phone lines next. Break down the Saints win, the college football polls, the college football playoff rankings are going to come out this week. Another fun NFL week. Week 11 was uh, was great. The Pelicans, their big move was Stephen Adams. Didn't see that coming. He wasn't a free agent. And all of the moving parts to make that deal work was wild. They still have a mid-level exception, a biannual exception, available for them to sign two more players. But we got a lot to dig into, a whole lot. And the duo of Cam Jordan and Demario Davis doing a little post-game press conference together. Taysom Hill, how did you feel after your first start? You'll hear all that and more coming up right here. It's ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. I'm Scott Prather coming to you from the Roofing Louisiana ESPN 1420 studios. Don't go anywhere. I get lost. Sports fans, it's your boy Zion Williamson of the New Orleans Pelicans, and you're listening to The Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Welcome back into The Great Scott Show, The Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. Phone lines are now open for anybody that wants to jump in at 269-1077 on this Monday morning, Cajuns didn't play. Otherwise, they would have won. They are playing Central Arkansas, and we could have been blaring glorious all morning. But they did move up in the rankings from 24 to 23 in the AP poll, from 25 to 24 in the coaches poll. Coastal Carolina moved up one spot in the coaches poll from 18 to 17. They beat App State. 
um, who's still getting votes, by the way, in the coaches' poll. I mean, they they play good. They're undefeated. They're 8-0. And somehow they move down a spot in the AP poll. One spot behind Iowa State, who moved ahead of them. Iowa State, who is 6-2 and two and really good. But uh, need I remind you, lost to Louisiana this year. Yeah, that's why I tell folks, don't worry about the rankings. They'll just drive you nuts each week. You can overanalyze. You can nitpick. Not going to change anything. Not going to change anything. Your goal, look, the best thing to do is where do you finish? The highest you can get in a single season, and then where did you finish? That's the one you want to hang on to. Um, The college football playoff rankings will come out a little bit later on this week. And uh, Bama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson, those that'll be that'll be your four. Dabo Sweeney, by the way, just railing on Florida State for not playing the game in Tallahassee Saturday against Clemson. Clemson woke up that morning in the hotel about eight a.m. It was nope, no, we're uh, we're not going to play. Dabo going off on him. It's not about the pandemic. It's not about safety. A lot of folks are ripping one side or the other. I My take on it is I think Clemson might be accused soon, whether it be by Florida State or someone else, of maybe not following all the health protocols. And so whether they are or not, I have no idea. But I think they're just trying to get ahead of it. That's what I think that's about personally. I do. Quarter to eight, ESPN1420N.com. A lot to dig into. The hyperbole surrounding Taysom Hill. The Saints went over the Falcons. How good that defense is. The Pelicans moves. B.I. still has not signed his max, ex- max extension. It'll probably happen at some point today. Don't sweat that. Let's head to the phone lines. Welcome in to the Great Scott Show. Good morning. How are you? You took the words right out of my mouth, Scott. I was about to say, I don't understand how in the world... Iowa State is ranked higher than Coastal Carolina under the circumstances. It kind of, it kind of made me made me question it for a second, and then I immediately had to tell myself college rankings make no sense. So, <laughs> so there was no reason to stress. There's no reason to stress about it because if you sit there trying to like do like some like calculation or equation, you're just going to spend hours and hours relenting. And it's yourself. not so, and it's not one uh, person, right? It's it's all kinds of different people, so it's a cumulative thing. If it was one person, yeah. then yes. I mean, let's all rip into them. But it's not like you have no idea how high they ranked in one, how low they ranked in another. I guess you could go dig in, and if somebody wants to make it all, you know, if you wanted to do a lot of digging, you could do the whole formula. And but then it's like, what are you, you're arguing with like hundreds of different people for this cumulative thing? They can now you've just, in my opinion, you just wasted time because what did you actually do? Yeah, oh, hundred percent agree. Um, Man, you know what I wanted to call you about was a couple things. One was Pelicans. One was one was uh, Saints. Um, man, how with with the players that they've added? Do you see currently with the way the roster is structured? Do you see JJ Reddick starting at the two and and, and spending no, a lot no, more I time think, on? No, no, I think I think I think Eric. I I would expect Eric Bledsoe to probably start if everyone's healthy. I think he'll probably start at the two. Lonzo starts at the one. Um, B.I. at the three, Zion at the four, and Steven Adams at the five. If everyone's healthy, that's what the starting lineup will look like. If, you know, unless one of those guys gets traded here in coming days. But Will Gilry, who who I know and who I trust and who has good sources when it comes to the Pelicans, 
is uh, reported that they intend to keep Eric Bledsoe. So there's that. Gotcha. Because man, that's going to be a lot of paint clogging right there, man. That's going to be it's going to be intense. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I'll tell you this: uh, yeah. JJ Redick is very happy about Stephen Adams because that man can set some screens. Like, he, here here's what their moves have 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 shown me thus far. I think that what this what what a focus this offseason has been is getting vo- very vocal guys in the locker room. Kind of no nonsense. Like, like Derek, like, uh, and, and look, I, I will always love Drew Holiday, so this isn't a knock. Just the reality is he didn't, he didn't talk a ton. He was very respected. Uh, Derek Favors was, uh, again, good guy, veteran, respected. Didn't talk a lot, right? I mean, Bledsoe and, and Steven Adams, those guys don't shut up. I mean, they will talk and talk and talk, but they're both they're both very tough. I mean, I have questions in terms of Bledsoe's basketball fit, but in terms of locker room fit, I think when you look at guys like a B.I., like Alonzo, and, 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 and you say, okay, these are some core pieces. Like Josh Hart talks some. I mean, I'll, I'll give him that, but I think they want it just more than just Redick and Hart. I think they wanted some tough guys that are going to talk a lot. So these – feel more like locker room moves. Now, Adams is a great rebounder, but he's not a floor spacer by any stretch. Uh, but he's somebody that reportedly they tried to get last offseason. So I think David Griffin has been a fan of his, and we'll, uh, we'll see how it fits. But, um, but I, think, I think, if anything, what's nuts to me, the craziest thing right now, do you know who the longest tenured member of the New Orleans Pelicans is? Zion Williams. <laughs> That's just nuts, man. That's wild. So uh, yeah, like we said, it's uh, it's about building this thing, and uh, and that's what they're doing right now. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for all the shoulders and collarbones of players who are about to get those picks and screens all day. Jesus Christ, Zion and Adams are going to just be crushing people's souls. But uh, the other thing I called about was then you know I was watching the Saints game, and I just want to get your opinion on it. Like I feel like you're a lot more level headed than the average Saints fan. Um, I feel like a, like that people's temperament about Taysom is either one side of the, the spectrum or the other, and I feel like I got caught up in my emotions, of course, about it. But do you feel like do you feel like his play was indicative? Do you feel like his stat line was indicative of his play, or was it indicative of the team he was playing against? And what I mean by that is Atlanta's not very good, and I just feel like a lot of people are going to jump on the oh, I told you so, I told you Taysom's the future. You know, you have Troy calling in telling you the greatest Taysom is the greatest quarterback ever. You know, so I'm just waiting for that. But I just feel like a lot of people it's silly. jumping on it's his silly. Let's, 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 let's just let's, let's all just take a breath here. And I think he's such a polarizing guy that everybody wanted to make this drastic call right out the gate. Do I have, did I have my doubts and do I have my doubts? Yes. Right, but can he be a player who did some things well, some things poorly? Solid NFL debut, but let's not react one way or the other. Let's just see where it goes. Uh, that's probably the proper way to do it. But this is phantom. No one's going to do it. I think his play yesterday for anybody that was saying, "Look, this is dumb," and any Peyton Hill detractor. I don't think they're going to quiet down this week. I also don't think that what happened yesterday makes. Sh- Sean Payton, 100% um, right in the assumption that Hill is the successor to Drew Brees either. I mean, I, I don't know that everything that happened yesterday is sustainable long term. It's one game. He did some things better than I expected, 
Uh, and yet, you know, they didn't use him a lot as a run pass option that 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 many speculated they would. Uh, it, so I don't know, man. They didn't use Hill on a ton of design runs. Uh, he dropped back to pass 30 times. I think they had 62 offensive plays, 18 to 23. But if you just look at the stats, think about it. His best pass yesterday was dropped. His worst pass was caught for a giant gain. So, you know, if you watch yeah. the game, you could see, look, he took some sacks. He looked nervous early on. Um, you know, I just, okay, you know, it, it was good. I think I think more than anything, it just was a reminder that Sean Payton can uh, can game plan specifically around a player. He can adapt for someone other than Drew Brees and at this point other than Teddy Bridgewater. Is it long-term? I don't know. I think I think to 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 make a, a definitive statement one way or another would be foolish, but I think he showed yesterday he's more than just a gadget player, right? So like like most of the time, there's a lot of hyperbole, but the truth is not. I don't even want to say lies in between. The truth is just TBD right now. To be honest with you, I'm just glad yeah, the Saints beat the Falcons. I'm <laughs> just glad they oh, beat 100%. the Falcons. A hundred percent, but I guess I guess my thing is, is like I remember when Teddy came in, his first game he looked a lot like Jameis looked in that half, and then his second game he was better and he got better and better. But people did not want to rally around him for the longest time. But it feels like everyone is just so excited about Taysom, and I'm like, wait a minute, not this is everyone. the exact same scenario under Teddy Bridgewater, but yet none of you people thought Teddy Bridgewater was a world beater. Now you think we've got the we've got Josh Allen 2.0. So I guess. I guess for me, it kind of feels like it's time to temper expectations. And, you know, I'll ask you one more question. And I hang up and listen. You know, why why would you bring Jameis Winston in if you didn't expect for him to have a Teddy Bridgewater-like role? Because in my opinion, you didn't need him if you expected to play Taysom. I, I guess that's just the way I feel about it. I feel like you could have brought in somebody even yeah, younger. Yeah, but, but Josh, you're, you're under the assumption that that decision was made the moment they signed him. And I don't think it was. I mean, Sean Payton said it was a really tough decision, and he thought about it a lot, talked to different people before he pulled the trigger this week. So, you know, if he had already made that decision the moment they signed him, then Taysom would have come in in the second half last week against San Francisco and played all the snaps. So, obviously, they got him in the building. You know, a lot's happened between, uh, you know, when they signed Jameis in November the 22nd. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, maybe you see Jameis more. Who knows? I mean, Taysom does have a history of injuries. Uh, so, uh, again, I don't, I don't think when the moment they signed him um, or the moment they signed Taysom to the two-year $21 million deal, they definitively had everything in mind of, of what's unfolded. And I see a lot of people doing that. Well, why would you sign a quarterback to this? Or why would you sign him to that? Well, it's not like it's it's week one, guys. You know, there's been practice. There's been a lot that's gone into it. There's been game plans. So I think that decision wasn't made until this past week, to be honest with you. So do you think there's a chance that Jameis plays next week because he feels like no. the team that they're I mean, playing I, is a no, better fit? No, no. I think, I think he was open to that. And I heard his pregame interview with Zach Streif yesterday, Sean Payton's. Um, and he talked about game planning and stuff. But I think that they had some success yesterday in the second half. Now, if they come out and stink it up against Denver, yeah, I think it's a possibility. But I think he's going to ride this wave as long as it's working. I got you. Because, man, I, I'm, I'm, I guess my, the thing is, is that the, the logic is, is you don't play, uh, play Jameis after that second half and you start 
Taysom and, and that it's because of the way it fits against the game plan, then I would feel like that logic would go the opposite way. But I don't know. I, I don't even want to ever be trapped in Sean Payton's mind. I feel like that would be a labyrinth that would be inescapable. But anyway, man, I'll hang up and listen. Appreciate it. A labyrinth. You see a lot of little petty monsters in there. A lot of folks, you know, a lot of little, little guy. I mean, I'm, ref, you know, the labyrinth, the old David Bowie movie. But if it was inside Sean Payton's head, it would just be a lot of these little goblins just like sticking their tongue out and like putting their, their thumbs in each ear and waving their hands like na 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 na. That's Sean. That's Sean. That's in Sean Payton's mind, like retweeting Roddy White. <laughs> ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Ah, we got some good stuff here, guys. A lot more on our website over at ESPN1420.com. Taysom Hill's journey to his first start. Uh, some good video packages, among other things. Teron Armstead lost his brother the day before the San Francisco game. I mean, what, nine days ago? Just found that out this morning. That is that is awful. His brother was shot. Um, just praying for him, man. That's a tough deal, and he's... From a performance standpoint, Tehran has been magnificent on the field the last two weeks. Really just, just throwing folks around. How often do you guys talk about Tehran Armstead over the years? And, well, yeah, but he's just he's good, but he gets hurt too much. Uh, he's been in the lineup for the most part this season and just throwing guys around. It's been a little while since you're like, ooh, I don't know if Tehran's going to play. It's kind of been an afterthought at this point. He's doing pretty good. How did Taysom feel about his first start? You'll hear him talk about it. Sean Payton's thoughts as well. Michael Thomas, among others. It's all coming your way next hour right here on The Great Scott Show, The Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. Before we uh, we hit up our final break of the first hour and get you ready for the 8 o'clock hour, don't go anywhere. we got a lot more in store for you. Um, vehicle accident, only one to report right now in Youngsville as of 20 minutes ago at 3016 East Milton Avenue. There's a vehicle accident there. A sheriff is there assisting. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab and Dave Baker, your forecast today, it's, uh, sunny, high of 72. Tonight, clear, low of 53. Stay tuned. Great Scott Show continues next hour right after this on ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. What's up, Acadiana? This is Lonzo Ball, New Orleans Pelicans, and I'm balling with ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champions! With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Hello, everybody, and a welcome. Into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank Hour. Number two. Good morning. How's everybody feeling on this Monday? 
missed the first hour, don't miss it later. You can listen on demand at the Great Scott Show podcast via Spotify, Anchor, and other podcast outlets. Talk to Billy Napier, who's in isolation, uh, recovering from COVID-19, but uh, feeling a lot better than he was. We talked to him quite a bit. Obviously, we've covered Taysom Hill, covered the Cajuns, a little bit of LSU in their victory. Their pass defense is oof, maybe the worst in college football this year, which is weird. But um, And the Pelicans and their uh, addition of Steven Adams, among others. So it's all on the table. We've got open phone lines this hour, 269-1077. Haven't played any player sound from the Saints after their win against the Atlanta Falcons yesterday. We are going to do some of that this hour. Hear from Taysom Hill, Sean Payton, uh, Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, among others. That's all Coming your way this hour. How's everybody doing? Happy Thanksgiving week. Hope you're feeling good. 269-1077. Let's get back to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Hello. One thing, um, if James Winston would have been named a starter, and if he would have had a good game, just as, you know, a, a type of game of Taysom Hill, like he had yesterday, that type of performance, you know what uh, Carlos would say? Oh, that's Atlanta. That's Atlanta. You know, Atlanta's not that good. Um, so I, I kind of, well, the last caller made a good point, you know, um, about, you know, just being Atlanta or not. But like I said, Taysom Hill did, I think he did a, a good job, uh, his performance. Uh, also, he planted a ball to a receiver. I never seen a quarterback. That was wild. Punt, punt <laughs> that ball to a receiver. He was, it, it, was, it was his worst throw of the game. And aside from maybe the one on the rollout that was like two yards in the dirt in front of Sanders, but that other than that, his worst throw was probably that long one, and yet his best throw was was a drop. So, um, you know, if you watch the game and 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 you get it, but if you just look at the stats, maybe not. But I look, there was nothing that happened yesterday, and there was nothing honestly that could happen that would prove that okay, this is one hundred percent correct. I mean, he is the end-all, be-all, successor, he's the next guy. And, um, you know, I, I he did some things well yesterday. He didn't, he didn't play perfect by any stretch. But the bigger bigger thing to me is that defense, man. You know, because yeah. Sean Payton is good at developing a game plan for a quarterback. He's done it for a long, many years with Drew Brees. He did it well with Teddy Bridgewater last year. I think that if Jameis had gotten all the reps all week – he probably would have played okay too because the Saints are a very deep, talented roster, arguably the deepest in the league, to be honest. So, um, But it's different when you get behind in a game and you're having to play catch-up. You know, Your game plan kind of goes out the window. So the defense just did such a good job, and it allowed, I think, Taysom to settle in because I think the nerves were there early. And then the offense kind of came alive in the second half. But the, the, the headline is the quarterback. The the biggest positive takeaway for me is the defense because that's now three weeks in a row that this defense went from playing below average football and pretty awful football in the secondary to absolutely elite defense. They've given up, what, one touchdown the last three weeks. They have 14 sacks. They have 20-something tackles for loss. They have eight interceptions. That's all just in the last three weeks. So that is that is big time right there, and I think – that's the most positive thing for this team in terms of their hopes of possibly playing for a Super Bowl this year. Yeah, um, Kamara, uh, Kamara, he didn't have. 
I don't think he had a reception. He didn't. He didn't have a reception. First time in his yesterday. first time in his career. Fifty-four games with, a re- with at least one reception until yesterday. Now they only threw it to him once, and he. Yeah. Some think he dropped it. I think he just batted it down because they were in field goal range. That was the one Lutz doinked. But uh, but if he catches it, I mean that's that's like an eight yard loss there. So Kamara's. I mean, he's so smart. Most players, they just instinct. They just catch it there and take the loss. I, I, I actually give him credit for just knocking it down, to be honest. Yeah, it was nice to uh, see Cam Jordan. Uh, I guess he needed this this game against the uh, Falcons. He's got, <laughs> like you said, after I read your tweet, 20 of sacks. Or 20 21 first, uh, sacks against Matt Ryan. Lifetime. I mean, he's got enough sacks to buy alcohol against Matt Ryan. That dude, the Falcons bring out the best in Cam. Uh, he definitely leans into the rivalry a lot, which I know fans appreciate, but he plays big in the game. And how about Trey Hendrickson leading the NFL in sacks right now with Miles Garrett? That's wild. Yeah, uh, that is wild. Um, I, I know someone, you know, Clowney, someone's making fun of Clowney because I think he's on our with no sacks. Zero. You know, yeah. I know they gave him all that money. Um, it, it's nice to see Michael Thomas. In the offense, and and that's what you need in the sense you need a a Thomas, you need a um, a Cook. Hopefully, Cooks get more um, get more uh, balls thrown to him next game. But I think you need to utilize the tight end in in a, in a possession receiver like uh, yeah. Thomas. And I think I think you saw you saw start, Troutman uh, playing a lot. Yeah. I think they were just short because yeah, I yeah, mean, Troutman had a nice catch. Josh Hill wasn't in, and then you know Taysom does take snaps and tie it in. Not maybe as many as people like to point out, but he does. And so Troutman played some fullback, some H-back, but I think just, you know, Garrett Griffin off the practice squad isn't somebody you want to put out there a ton. And so as a result, maybe Cook and Troutman are used a little bit more in blocking concepts as opposed to as much in the passing game. But when Josh Hill comes back, maybe you see an uptick in, in some of the targets Cook gets. But to your point about Thomas, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater went five and zero last year as a starter, and that was Mike. He had Michael Thomas at his peak, you know that helps. And so Thomas, who's you know a couple of catches all season and missed so much time, for him to have a game where he has what nine catches for a buck oh four or something like that, that's a great sign. Not just for the Saints, but I think for whoever is playing quarterback, and in this case, Taysom Hill for sure. What about the touchdown that was called back? He threw a deep pass. And it called uh, yeah. Holden. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it, it was still was a little short. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, it was – but, yeah. you know, I think they were running single safety on that. And so it's a part of the Saints offense you haven't seen in a couple of years. So uh, – and, and Atlanta, you know, they were playing very much against the run yesterday with the quarterback. So it was, uh, it was a better throw than the other one that was caught by Sanders. But – it absolutely was the right call. I mean, Eric McCoy, he was he had that guy wrapped up like he was a PS five or something. He wasn't letting go. Like like I said, man, it's it's uh I'm I'm looking forward to hear the uh locals. Because, uh, like I said, I already know for a fact some of them are just gonna hype this this performance. I can't knock him though. He won. Uh, he didn't make any uh crucial mistakes and um like I well, said, he had uh, that fumble, but in a game where you're yeah, you're yeah, in full control, yeah. it's I mean that's that's enough that's what three or four fumbles this year for him? He's he's got to clean that up. That's going to end up. I mean, it, you could argue it cost him the game against Green Bay. And so now, you know, if you had won that game, you would be in full control yeah. of the NFC right now. And now you really don't have any wiggle room. You just got to keep winning if you want the buy. Um. Yeah. Like I said, Atlanta. Atlanta wasn't going to do anything with that fumble. They, they wasn't going to cap, capitalize no. off of no. that. 
the game was basically almost. But uh, like I said, man, congrats to him, and I'm sure we're going to hear it from uh, from everything. He's the greatest, but uh, <laughs> I'm not surprised. But all right, thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Taysom Hill after his first start in a win with the New Orleans Saints. This week, uh, when did you find out that you were going to get the start? Um, look, I, I had a pretty good idea early in the week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, um, that, that I was going to get the start. Um, wasn't confirmed, confirmed until later in the week. Sean Fazan. Hey, Taysom, did you, um, did you, uh, pay attention to any of the, uh, uh, I guess the chatter from national talking heads about maybe criticizing the move to start you at all? No, no. Yeah, um, yeah not, not not to be not to be rude or disrespectful in any way. Uh, I, I don't I don't pay attention to any of that stuff. Um, I care about the opinions of those closest to me, my friends, my family, uh, my teammates, my coaches, and uh, you know you you get to this level and you kind of you have to have tunnel vision. And, uh, and do your thing. Larry Holder. Taysom, how much in the game plan did you guys uh, scale back maybe on designed runs? I know you did a bunch later, but it seemed like early. I think the first one you did was the touchdown. I mean, how much did you feel like you guys scaled back on that and let you be a passer? Yeah, um, si- significantly. Uh, we obviously – we had a couple in. We obviously ran a couple um, in critical situations where we felt like – you know, we, we had an advantage and that uh, we needed it. But um, what you saw at the game in terms of carries is is about what I expected. Jeff Duncan. Hey, Taysom, I, I know you and Drew are, are tight. Uh, what was he like for you this week uh, going into this first start? Man, Drew's the best. Um, you know, if, if I'm being honest, I, I didn't fully – understand what it took to, to be a starter in the NFL um, until I got here and I had the opportunity to learn from Drew and man Drew is with me every step of the way this week as we watched film he was constantly asking me uh, what I needed and how he could be helpful um, and so he was man he, he was so critical he was such a comfort you know for me to, to have around and, uh, you know, he, I look up to him so much. He's become one of my best friends. Um, and uh, he, he was awesome. Luke Johnson. Jason, I saw you, you post that, uh, that video from, from BYU uh, yesterday. Um, how much of this week was, was kind of, if any, was spent reflecting on, on the journey that kind of took you to this point? And, uh, and did, did you feel like a sense of payoff today? Um, man, I, I spent a lot of time reflecting, um, this week, my wife and I had, had so many conversations about where we've been, the process of getting here. And, uh, if I'm being honest, it it was an emotional week. Um, I felt a lot of love from a lot of people and, uh, it it was overwhelming in a good way. Um, so we spent a lot of time reflecting and then be able to come out and get a win in, in my first start uh, was was gratifying more than anything. Man, I have so much love and respect for for Drew and my other teammates that I wanted to make sure that I did my part to help us continue. On. 
Nick Gundrio. I imagine you've been waiting for this moment for a, a very long time. So just your, your quick evaluation of, of just coming off the field, how you feel like it went, what went right, and what are the couple of things that maybe you're are sticking in your craw a little bit coming off? Yeah. Um, overall, I, I was happy with I was happy with what we did. You know, I think the first thing is you come out, you look at uh, turnovers, and, and I was really disappointed that I put, put the ball on the ground uh, late in the game. Felt like that was a drive where we could have just put the game away, and and uh, I, I coughed one up, and, and I was disappointed in that. Um, I missed a couple throws where the ball um, just kind of slid out of my hand. And again, you know, I think that those things are easy to fix. Uh, but overall, without looking at the film and really breaking everything down, um, I was happy. I was happy with the way that I played. I was happy with the way that my teammates played and man, it was a, a collective effort to get this one. You're listening to some post-game sound here. ESPN 1420.com. Taysom Hill after his first start. Mike Triplett. Taysom, I, I have two quick ones. Um, the first is on your second touchdown run. Obviously that looked like it was a design pass where you scrambled. You, you said you took a lot of the design runs out of the offense, but it, you have that ability to do that. Is there, is there ever kind of a constant battle in your head to try to get to the second and third read, knowing, knowing that your legs are so dangerous? <laughs> uh, no, I, I would say that, you know, as I prepared this week, look, I, I always know that I have the ability if things break down that um, I, I can, I can make a play. And, and I had conversations with all my receivers going into the game. And I said, listen, just, just be ready. If I escape the pocket, to keep working because there are big plays to be had, you know, in situations like that. But my mindset was, man, let's let's keep your eyes down the field and uh, let's find opportunities for those guys. The play that you specifically referenced, um, we were hoping to get a heavier uh, run sell and and uh, get the ball to Trake on, and uh, the Falcons covered it well. And uh, that was one of those situations where, I was trying to get the ball to Emmanuel, and they, they covered it well again, and, and uh, I was able to make a play. And then I just wanted to ask you, you said you don't pay attention to the critics, um, but do you appreciate sort of what a unique curiosity you are, um, you know, getting your first NFL start, I guess, at this stage of your career, and, and so many people wondering what this was going to look like? Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm I'm not sure uh, how to answer that. Um, I would I will say that my focus, my time, my attention was spent uh, preparing on on winning a football game today, and that was that was about it. Doug Mouton. Yeah, hey Taysom, did you feel like, especially on first down, that they were giving you more run-heavy looks because maybe they didn't know what they were going to get from you either? Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we felt that way, um, that they were giving us a, a heavy box, you know, kind of a run front, and then they were dropping out and, and playing a lot of zone behind it. And so, uh, you know, look, that's one of the things that makes Coach Payton Coach Payton. So we made a, a lot of a lot of adjustments, um, a lot of play action pass this week, and uh, that was really because of, of what they were doing. Last question for Amy Just. Yeah, with you focusing on being the starting quarterback this week, how weird was it for you to not be involved in like special team stuff and you know being a wide receiver, tight end, fullback, you know everything else? Yeah, um, yeah, it was definitely different. You know, I, I think 
um, the biggest difference was obviously stepping into the role and, and making sure that as a QB you're ready for practice and and uh, you know you you run those those meetings those practice and everything else but um, it, so it, it was significantly different but in a great way and, a, and I had a ton of fun uh, all last week and, and a ton of fun today. There it is, Taysom Hill post game for you. A lot more to dig into here on the Great Scott Show. Phone lines open at 269-1077. Um, a very brief Sean Payton post game at the uh, digital podium yesterday. You'll hear his audio from that. Take a look at the polls a little bit in college football. Dig a little deeper, but reminder why not to. Don't overthink it, guys. It'll just drive you absolutely nuts. Plenty more coming your way at ESPN1420.com. This is an Acadiana job alert. Abendroth Paint and Body has an immediate opening for an experienced auto body technician, as well as for a body shop helper. Technician applicants must have a minimum of three years experience and possess the necessary tools. Shop helpers must have automotive experience. Qualified individuals should apply in person at 2627 Southeast Evangel and Thruway, Lafayette. No phone calls, please. This has been an Acadiana job alert. Dell Technologies just announced their Black Friday sale. They're releasing new doorbusters every weekday, plus up to 50% off cutting-edge tech for your business. There's no better time to upgrade your small business with the latest laptops and desktops with Intel Core processors, plus there's free shipping on everything. Yes, everything. Give Dell Technologies advisors a call. They'll identify the right tech solution for your business. Call 877-ASK-DELL or go to dell.com slash Friday. That's 877-ASK-DELL. JCPenney's Black Friday is on now. Save on thousands of deals across the store and at jcp.com. Need it fast? Pick up your order with free curbside. Score the absolute best savings with this week's extra 30% off coupon. Use it to get select cozy outerwear for the family for just $19.99. Or to shop sparkling diamonds and more. You'll save up to 80% on all fine jewelry. Joy, comfort, peace. JCPenney. Offers valid 1123 to 1128. Conditions and exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. You like your burger medium well, your peanut butter crunchy, and your mattress firm. It's the little things that make you, you. And you deserve a Medicare plan that fits your unique needs. That's why United Healthcare is offering more plan options than ever, so you can find just the right plan for you. Call 1-800-362-8715. That's 1-800-362-8715 to get Medicare with more. Remember, Medicare annual enrollment ends December 7th. Have you heard the news? Metamucil now makes a delicious fiber gummy. Made by the fiber brand you trust, these gummies are a delicious and convenient way to get more fiber. That's because Metamucil fiber gummies are made with an exclusive blend of prebiotic plant-based fibers that are expertly crafted into delicious gummies that give you 5 grams of fiber in each easy-to-take serving. Try new Metamucil gummies today. Metamucil gummies are a delicious new way to promote your digestive health. Metamucil gummies are available at Walgreens and Walgreens.com. Try them today. As a parent, your life is your child. With Luke, he's just, he's the whole world, you know? He was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia, and it just rips your heart out. You feel completely helpless. But when you come to St. Jude, that is a whole nother level of care. You have cutting-edge scientific research here, doctors at the top of their game, and there's nothing but love in everything that they do. I asked my wife, I'm like, what is this going to cost us? And then we did a little bit of research, and then we realized that no family ever receives a bill. St. Jude covers the cost of everything so that we could focus on our family. 
St. Jude gave our family the chance to be together. They saved our son's life and we did not pay a cent. And that wouldn't have been possible without St. Jude. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Baseball, America's pastime, and one of the most popular sports here in Southwest Louisiana. What's up? I'm Greg Lawner, host of The Word with G here on ESPN 1420. If you're looking to improve your baseball skills or know somebody who might need a little extra practice, I want to help. I played in college, taught players of all ages the game I have such a passion for for over 10 years. I specialize in teaching the true fundamental mechanics of hitting, pitching, fielding, and base running. We also focus on the mental side of the game as well. As Yogi Berra once said, this game is 90% half mental. So, if you'd like to improve your game or the game of someone you know, I'd love to help. If you're interested and would like more details, please feel free to send me an email to greg at ESPN1420.com. That's greg at ESPN1420.com. Again, I'm Greg Lawner, host of The Word with G here on ESPN 1420. And let's take your game to the next level. I'll see you on the diamond. Have you downloaded the ESPN 1420 app yet? No. <laughs> Why not? Just tap that app and hear ESPN 1420 programming worldwide. Download the ESPN 1420 app in the iTunes App Store or Google Play. The Great Scott Show. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. On Sports Radio ESPN 1420. May God have mercy on your soul. Scott Show, the great sports callers open think tank. Be careful on the road, everybody. If you know anyone um, coming from Baton Rouge, heading to Lafayette today or this morning, you might want to tell them to take a different route. I-10 I West remains closed at LA 415 and Lobdell due to an accident at LA 975 Whiskey Bay, and congestion is uh, is going all the way back to Port Allen right now. So maybe use 190 West as an alternate route. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, your weather forecast today, sunny, high of 72, tonight clear, and a low of 53. How you doing out there, everybody? Having fun this morning. It's been a busy, busy show since we kicked off at 7 a.m., Phone lines are open at 269-1077. Got a couple of lines lit up right now. Let's hear from you, the listener. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing, Kyle? Um, hanging in there. Did we survive the experiment yesterday? Survive? Man, I I I was that was that second half was just all smiles for me, man. That was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, did you notice did you notice how the confidence grew? Oh yeah. And and I think huh? when you've got a game plan that you know, you don't have to veer away from at all because your defense is playing so well and you've got a lead, that's a beautiful thing too. It makes it uh makes it easier to well, you, do your thing and and go out and play better cuz he look, Taysom had some jitters early on. Uh but once he settled in, he played well. Yeah. I mean, so but but the 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 experiment survived. 
I don't think the locker room's going to be torn apart. You know, I, I just, you know, I, 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 every once in a while, it's nice when you realize and you think back, like for old timers, okay, when you think back to the day when you couldn't trust your coaches for any reason, okay, you couldn't trust them, and now you can. And it's nice to be able to just kick back and relax and enjoy the game, even though there's still always that, you know, oh, no, Atlanta's up six to nothing. Oh, they're up six to three. <laughs> this, this, oh, no, this isn't going to happen, is it? You know, so San Francisco's up to, what, 10 to nothing. Oh, no. You know, hey, we, you, we have a great football team. And, you know, now with Quan and going out and getting Quan, you can see how all of a sudden now the safeties are starting to play better football because now they're not having to worry about playing in three different positions at one time. And now all of a sudden the cornerbacks are playing better football because they got better backup from the safety so they can go out and do their job without having to keep both eyes open and their head on a swivel word about, you know, what's going on here or there. They can actually concentrate on being cornerbacks now. And even though Drew has been replaced by another quarterback, you see a guy that went out there and, you know, evidently Sean Payton wasn't a complete buffoon and he knew, you know, what he was doing. And now he's got another signal caller, okay, that he's that he's been able to develop because, and if you listen to Taysom, what did he do? He walked around and he followed Drew. How many successful great quarterbacks in this football league have said they have patterned their whole style, the way they play, the way they study, the way they diet, the way they do everything they do after Drew Brees? Drew Brees is Drew Brees has basically been the blueprint for the modern day quarterback. You'll never get any credit for it from the media, of course. But if you listen to these young guys, the Russell Wilsons of the world and all of these other younger guys, Kyler Murray and so forth and so on, listen what they say. They patterned everything they do after Drew. Henceforth, they're coming out, Joe, uh, Joe, uh, our boy Joe up in Seattle. Everything he did, he patterned it after the way Drew did what he does. Man, hey, I can tell you, anybody talk about any other quarterback in the world that they want to talk about, the quarterback who's had the most influence on the NFL in the history of the game is Drew Brees. And the Saints, I guess they're going to survive. I, I, I love it, man. Have a good morning, buddy. Later. Thanks, Kyle. The mentality offensively was uh, was a little different Sunday. The Saints knew they were going to get a lot of single high deep safety looks, and they had a QB that could throw it deep down the field, um, and they did. Um, I think even though the, the the play that came back on the Sanders touchdown by the Eric McCoy holding penalty, um, you know, th- do they try it with Breeze sometimes, but not not too often and in terms of running you know three tight end personnel five times a game and 
all right, now we've got single receiver. Let's set up this deep ball to this wide receiver. Uh, you really hadn't seen that in, in years from the Saints. But you saw that one-on-one matchup with Sanders on the outside that he'll underthrew a little bit but hit. Throw, throw was a little late, but he hit it. It was big. And then he got called back on a holding call, which was indeed a hold. I thought maybe Taysom's best completion was one of the ones to Michael Thomas early where he got hit the second after he threw it, but he was rolling to his left, but he was backpedaling. And um, I think it was maybe second and 14, and he hits he hit Thomas with a laser. Um, and Hill can move around the pocket a little bit, make plays off script. It was, it was a good performance. I don't think it um, – it, it was proof that, all right, he is 100%. This is the guy of the future forever and always for the Saints for the next, you know, 10 years. Um, I also don't think it's going to stop people from questioning Hill's ability. But to Kyle's point, it's just a reminder that Sean Payton can adapt with a quarterback not named Drew Brees and win football games. And when you've got a defense that play in, that's playing the way it is, the defense is the Saints defense has allowed one touchdown in the last three games. One. In the last three games, they have 14 sacks, 28 tackles for loss, six interceptions, two fumble recoveries, and one turnover on downs where they stopped the team on fourth down. Deep into the third quarter, Atlanta had what, minus four yards in the second half? And, and, and while the front four was great, they blitzed a lot. Of the eight sacks, three of them were not on blitzes. But the front four was active. But how many coverage sacks did you get? Well, Matt Ryan's holding on to the ball too long. Well, I wonder why that is. Maybe he doesn't want to throw a pick. Janoris Jenkins was very, very, very good yesterday. Even though he dropped one pick, Jack Rabbit was strong. And they needed it. They didn't have Marshawn Lattimore, who always steps up when he plays someone good. And Julio Jones, who played for the first half and some of the second, is good. But, but Ryan threw the ball to a guy being covered by Jenkins 10 times yesterday, and he had three completions, an interception. Norris Jenkins was tremendous. Quan Alexander has been tremendous. What a pickup that was, not just in terms of his, his ability to tackle an open space, but his coverage ability. Michael Thomas had his best game of the season. It was good, man. Really, really, really good stuff. Latavius Murray is probably his most active game of the year. The Saints even had a play where they had seven DBs on the field at one point. Seven. That's kind of crazy. But they did. ESPN1420.com. 35 after the hour of 8 o'clock. 269-1077. 269-1077 if you want to jump in on the show. I'll, I'll remind folks something I was saying last hour in terms of the college football polls. Louisiana moved up in both polls, didn't play this past weekend, but moved up to number 23 in the AP poll, number 24 in the coaches poll, one spot in each. Coastal Carolina moved up one spot in the coaches poll, moved back in the AP poll? Huh? They're 8-0, they beat App State, they secured their spot in the conference championship game. And now they move back in Iowa State, who the Cajuns beat, moved up a few spots ahead of. First of all, Iowa State's really good. I've been telling you all that all year. But don't overanalyze it. Don't go nuts because it's 
it is a cumulative ranking. It is not a single person. It is not a single computer that you can yell out and say, what the hell are you doing? You want to go track down every single AP writer and every single one that has a vote in the poll and ask them to see their top 25 and you want to get critical of, you know, I don't know, half of them and dig into them. That's a lot of time and energy. It's a cumulative ranking. Coastal Carolina is undefeated. I think they're, by the way, college football playoff rankings will come out this week. And uh, huh, what? Coastal Carolina, national t- playoff title odds. Coastal is uh, 300 to 1. But they're on there. Iowa State, by the way, 1,000 to 1. Bama is uh, at the top at 6 to 5. Ohio State, 9 to 5. Clemson, 6 to 1. Florida, Notre Dame, 18 to 1. Cincinnati, 30 to 1. But don't don't stress. Don't overthink it. Don't get carried away. Rage the Cajun football team get ready for ULM this week, though Coach Napier will not be with the team in person. He will be coaching from afar through the power of technology. I talked to Coach last hour, said uh, kind of explained how he had been feeling after testing positive, said he kind of experiencing some light symptoms, getting tested a few times, and then the symptoms got worse and he got tested, and then eventually he did get a positive test. So he's uh, he's in isolation for 10 days by rule from the first day he started to feel the symptoms, which would put him on track after some negative tests and feeling better to return to the team on Saturday. So everyone's saying, why is he traveling separately with the team? What's the point if – He's going to coach because by rule, it's 10 days of ISO from your first symptoms. So that would put him back available to travel on Saturday. The team's already going to be in rows. So coach is going to, you know, do what, what fans do sometimes in a normal year. Well, UL's playing at ULM. Let's get in the car and drive him in a row today. Get there for the game. If you missed that conversation, it'll be up on our website a little later this morning and on the Great Scott Show podcast platform where you can hear these shows and interviews I do on demand on your own. Some good evergreen stuff there as well. Some old interviews. If you're looking for some listening this, uh, this Thanksgiving holiday, hope everybody is safe out there. ESPN 1420.com. All right. From one head coach to another back to Sean Payton for a moment. He um, spoke after the game, not for too long, but talked Taysom Hill, the victory, a number of things. Nothing about how he was going to go to the locker room and retweet Roddy White. That was pretty funny. But he did speak to the media briefly after yesterday's win. I guess the immediate, uh, immediate reaction to, to what you thought, or how you thought Taysom did today. So I thought he played well. You know, he had the one turnover um, late in the game in the four-minute. Um, you know, we had a big touchdown pass called back. But, it, look, it was a good team win. I thought we were fantastic defensively. Uh, I don't know what our rushing numbers were, but I think it's a really good run defense. And, uh, you know, we managed to take advantage of enough opportunities to win that game. Hey, Sean, did you feel like Taysom sort of settled down as the game? Yeah, it's, you know, listen, your first start ever in the NFL, um, you know, I think he called one formation flipped around the wrong way. There was one motion and then, yeah, all of that kind of calmed down and, and he got very comfortable with uh, the flow of the game and, 
and uh, did a good job. We did a good job up front, I thought, blocking them. Sean, how, how did he handle the week of preparation, and how was that just going through that process with him? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the process we go through every week. It's obviously a different type of plan. Um, our players were, were good all week, rock solid. Uh, Jameis, I mean, all of us. Um, look, this happens a lot to other positions, and I understand when it happens to the quarterback, um, there's more attention dr drawn to it. But, uh, you know, these guys handled it well. We've been, we've been playing well, and good to get another win. John, did you feel like you got different looks from the Falcons' defense than you might because Taysom was that quarterback? Maybe more run-heavy looks from that. I don't. I don't think so. I think we've seen a number of the stuff that we saw today. We've seen on film probably more recently. Um, certainly in the second half with our lead, we got a, a little bit of a, a heavier run-front look. But we, we got those in 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 our home and away games last year. How much of the offense changed, Coach, from when you had Breeze to, to Taysom, or did you run a lot of the same stuff? Okay, listen, this is going to be the last Taysom question, then we're going to get on to the defense. But the offense changed some. Um, we carried a lot of the same protections. Certainly we featured some heavy play actions. We felt like it was going to be a lot of down safety defense. I thought we threw the ball down the field well, and uh, I was proud of the execution. Again, I thought we blocked them up front real well. Uh, eight sacks in total, three from Cam. Just how big was that for Cam and the defense as a whole? Man, I, I, I just finished telling him, I, I thought that's a really good offense we're seeing uh, when you look at just position by position. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was a, a key. Without one of our starting corners, uh, that, that, that was impressive. Sean, how much do you feel like the pass coverage actually – we see the sack totals, but it seemed like Matt had to hold the ball because pass coverage was really good downfield. How much yeah, did you see that? We got into some zone traps, uh, and, and we did a good job of keeping it in front of us. Uh, I thought we, we were like a half a step on each break, getting the ball knocked down. We contested a lot of passes. I, I thought we were very good on the back end. All right, how thank did you feel that – uh, <laughs> and he's gone. There's Sean Payton post game. As soon as he sees it out, he's like, peace. NFL sack leader Trey Hendrickson. How's he feeling? You'll hear from him. A little bit from Cam Jordan and Demario Davis as well. ESPN1420.com. This is the great Scott show from the Roofing Louisiana studio. I'm Scott Prather. Don't go anywhere. Cigarette. Folks, do like me. Take your trailers to Tibbs Trailers so you can get them taken care of.
A former number seven for the Saints, Morton Anderson. There he is. The Great Dane. Singing there. Number seven now, Taysom Hill. All the headlines, but uh, that defense, man. That defense yesterday. Sean Payton telling the, the reporters, all right, last question about Taysom. Then we got to talk about the defense. Then right after he got off the, the, the media call, he ran to the locker room to retweet Roddy White talking trash about the Saints, how they were going to get beat starting an option quarterback. Sean knows. He knows. Trey Hendrickson, he knows at this point he is going to get a lot of money next year. Now that he leads the NFL in sacks currently at nine and a half, and he's going to be a restricted free agent. So do the Saints do a first-round tender and give him a one-year deal and actually pay him to keep him around? Are they going to be able to do it? Because long-term, he's going to have some big – if they just let him go, no restricted deal. Does a team want to sign him? If he ends up – I mean, double-digit sacks, might lead the league in sacks, certainly be in the top five when all is said and done. Yes. Okay, yes. But – do they want to give up a first round or no? So the idea that Trey Hendrickson is definitely gone from the Saints, he might be there on a one-year deal next year. Long-term, though, he's probably pricing himself out the way that guy's playing. How you feeling, Trey? You just? Uh, eight sacks for y'all collectively today. That uh, gives you 17 in the last two games against Atlanta. Is there something against when you're playing against Atlanta that just allows you to have that much success? Well, uh it's really it's game plan and execution. I mean, sacks come when DBs are covering, linebackers are covering or blitzing, and then uh, D linemen are finishing our, our rush. So, I mean, it's a team game for a reason. Nothing can get done if we're not working our, our 11 guys together. Uh, Cam had three sacks today. Um, how big is that for y'all when he gets going like that? I mean, he's a force. I mean, he's one, he's been talking about it all week. I mean, this is – you know, what he what he visualized, what he planned on doing, he executed his plan. And obviously a three-sack game is something special. I mean, I think that's seven in the last two for him. So, I mean, he's eating, and whenever he's rolling, I mean, the energy's up, everybody's hyped, and that's a, it's a good day. Larry Holder? Trey, it seems like a lot of times uh, Matt actually has to hold on to the ball a little too long just because of the play of the back end. I mean, how, how – how much have you seen that side grow, uh, especially, I don't know, last month, month and a half? It seems like they, they've improved. I mean, they're doing a great job, with, whether it's, you know, getting into film, you know, and putting it in practice in and the extra extra stuff. I mean, they're all over these guys. I mean, it, the back end, you can't say enough. I mean, like I said, a sack clean, you know, I mean, that's, that's tough to come by. So, you know, these like having that extra second, it, it goes a long way. Nick Underhill? Trey, I know you don't like to talk a lot about yourself, but depending on what happens across the league today, you, you might be leading the league in, in sacks or tied to the lead, league lead in sacks by the end of the day. I mean, what's that just say about, you know, I know, I know how hard you work. Is that just a testament to, to all the work you've put in to get to this point? Well, uh, for one, everything I do, you know, my wife is behind the scenes. She's doing a great job supporting me. And together in faith, I'm telling you, like, uh, you know, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and it's a it's a Everything's coming together off the field, and it's it's special to see what's happening on the field. So I'm just ready to get after it next week. 
Do, do you feel like things weren't in order off the field before, or are you just more in order now off the field and that allows you to play better on the field? No, just through adversity, you know, if it was, you know, inactive or, you know, dealing with injuries, you know, you have to keep that faith. And, you know, uh, you, you, you kind of have to just work through that thing as, as a man. That's what I believe. And, you know, good things happen when you keep the faith, keep moving forward, and you never, you never doubt yourself. Was it a process for you to find that perspective to, to get through that stuff and then get to a place where you could handle that adversity better and then get better on the field when you were out there? Well, that's why I give so much credit to, you know, uh, Christ and my wife. It's, you know, through through the process of us, you know, reading the word and all these things about adversity and James, it's a, it's a beautiful thing where you just keep moving forward and you praise God through it. Amen. A spiritual Trey Hendricks sharing his thoughts. One more for you before we go, because the beginning of it's just too much fun. Cam Jordan and Demario Davis. Unprompto double team Zoom via media post game press conference having fun at the digital podium after yesterday's win. I'm gonna introduce uh you know the all pro uh one of the best dressed guys I know Demario Davis. We are gonna double this up. I'm, I'm right here with my guy, the one and only Cam Jordan, Mr. Record Holder for most sacks against one player mm. in the league. Oh my God, God is good. Hey, he is. First questions for Amy Just. Well, that's a good segue. Uh, seven sacks for you, Cam, in the last two Falcons games. I guess what is what is it about Atlanta that uh, when you when we talk about what we want to do as a defense, uh, you know, we put a game plan together, and, and our idea is to pressure Matt Ryan to get him off the spot to make him feel uncomfortable in the pocket. And us as a defense have overcome a lot. That being said, we do have twenty one sacks together. Me and Matt Ryan have twenty one. Beautiful thing to witness. It's a great thing. Luke Johnson. Hey guys, uh, what was the uh, what was the locker room reception like for Taysom Hill after that game, if if anything? Man, Taysom was just lights out, man. Um, it was it was it was great to see any of your your brothers go in the game and, and, and ball out, which he did. And so his number was called. He stepped in in a major way. Um, you know, executed when we were uh, in great position, moved us down the field, kept us you know kept us in front of the chain. And so when our offense is scoring, when they get the ball, it's easy for the defense to go play lights out. We're able to play good complimentary football, and we got to continue <laughs> what we want to be. Absolutely. Catherine Terrell. Hey, Cam, in case you somehow missed it on Twitter, Sean Payton just went and retweeted Roddy White's proclamation that you guys were going to lose. <laughs> so just how much you love the pettiness of this rivalry? I mean, I know we ask you all this all the time, but, I mean, it's, it's fun. Look, when you have Matt Ryan, you have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Gage, Todd Gurley, you know, they've got a star-studded cast just on offense. And you talk about Deion Jones and the whole defense back there, Tyler Davidson. Um, look, we're going in, we have to fight, you know, all four quarters. We play them again in two weeks. That's all I'm, that's all I'm giving you. <laughs> I, was ab- I was about to say, I, I was asking about pettiness, not talent level, but hey, fair enough. You are playing them again very shortly. I feel like we gotta get a better. Uh, we gotta get 4K on this on this camera situation. Like it's, it's not doing light to my man's suit here. Like it's not doing Same. justice. It's it's crazy. Uh, you gotta love it, Cam Jordan deflecting, but uh, relishing every moment of that win over the Falcons. That's gonna do it for the Great Scott Show tomorrow. Norm was uh, pretty active in his disbelief that Taysom Hill would be able to do much. He was very excited about the Saints, picked them to lose. How's he feeling now? 
He'll be on with me tomorrow. We'll have some fun. Plenty more for you. Steve Pelequin is out uh, this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So up next, beyond the game, Greg Larnard fills in. Open phone lines and more. Don't go anywhere. ESPN1420 and .com.